So welcome to the Investment Cuddle. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Philip and Keith, and we're going to have a little look at music related to money and finance. So Keith, you've got a, a list of songs. Do you want to kick us off with your first choice? Oh, no. <laughs> what do you mean, oh, no? What do you mean, oh, no? He's what, got you want, talk uh, now. You want, uh, you want the number one choice of the top five? I mean, no, I what's on the top of your list, which is ABBA, Money, Money, Money. Oh, I okay. see. We're going, to run through the, we're going to run through the list. Does that make sense? No. Well, I don't get you. <laughs> well, no. sorry, I'm just saying you've done it in alphabetical <laughs> order on the list. So we could yeah, run no, through. You've got... <laughs> just pick a song. Pick your favourite or pick your least favourite. Oh, well, my favourite's the Universal Robot Band, Barely Breaking Even. And why is that? Oh, I love the groove. So what's, so is that, what, what's the genre of this song? Disco, I would say. Okay, and what, what sort of decade? I mean, bearing in mind you were only 27, what decade are we? Uh, uh, I think maybe late 80s, early 90s. So I think it definitely gets points for an interesting name, Universal Robot Band, barely breaking even. It's got a cowbell in as well, which is obviously a massive bonus. Why is that a bonus? Well, <laughs> it's got plenty of cowbell in. It's got more cowbell than you could shake a stick at. For the people that are only aware of cowbell from the sound of music, what's the significance of cowbell? Uh, is used to describe the uh, money printing of the Federal Reserve. More cowbell. So, oh, you want the the Saturday Night Live sketch? Well, I just I think you could you could lead people to you could lead people towards that sketch because <laughs> um, there's really no other way of describing cowbell, is there? <laughs> So there's a Saturday Night Live sketch uh, with somebody I can't remember the name of now. Oh, what's his name? I've got to have some more cowbell. I've got a fever and the prescription <laughs> is more cowbell. Christopher Walken. Cowbell used in place of anything that a uh, person might be, might be lacking. Uh, yeah, so you would say you've got to have more cowbell. got to have more stimulus. Some more central bank stimulus, and uh, just as uh, just as Christopher Walken in the Saturday Night Live sketch, you know, he he just can't get enough of it. Yeah. So I think if you've not seen uh, that sketch, and you just go on to YouTube or there are other video players available, um, and look for more cowbell Saturday Night Live, you'll you'll get the uh, you'll get the idea. But it's uh, you know, the basis on a classic song, Ruined by Cowbell, I think. Is that a fair description? Uh, well, classic song containing a cowbell, uh, but uh, Christopher Walken comes in and he just needs more of it. Um, if only that he used the Universal Robot Band song, he would have got a lot more. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, Philip, have you got a, a favourite off this list? Well, 
I must admit, one of the ones that immediately you, know, you think of when anyone says about finance and Soyong songs is Abba's money, money, money. That's pretty much the only thing in the t- in the song. That's a rich man's world, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And then just repeat. As the song goes, it earns Abba a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, well that's that's true. I was just I was just thinking we've got a um a game for the for the Wii console, which is an Abba dancing game. Which I kind of looked at with deep suspicion when we when we got it with the machine. And the children absolutely love it. So you do, you know, dancing to the songs, but it's just a game full of ABBA songs. They're all da- songs you can dance to. And you get points for doing all the moves correctly. And whilst I'm sitting there thinking, I'd rather be pulling teeth, it gets desperately competitive. And you're kind of thinking, the music is just fantastic. Uh, well, Benny and Bjorn are going to be a bit upset with you, Philip, I think. I think there's there's quite a few more lyrics than... Money, money, money. Well, that's the only one that any I remember, or most people remember. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should go through a few of the lyrics, Philip, just to give us some sense of. Well, to be honest, it sounds like Keith knows them and I don't. Well, I'll do. I'll do a bit of the Universal Robot Band, barely breaking even, if you like. Uh, go on, then. Go on, then. Do a bit of money, money, money. I, ha- I have to say, though, I've just been looking at the meaning of the money, money, money song by ABBA. And um, by our trusted friends at Google, it says Abba's money, money, money is sung from both a practical and philosophical perspective. It is centered on a woman who works hard all night and all day. However, in the end, due to a heavy debt load, she finds herself broke and thus suffering from a rather severe case of self-pity. There you go. Here ends the lesson. Right. Certainly didn't get that from the few snippets that I remember of the song. No, I think the thing that jumps out with me, though, is just the, it's a rich man's world, you know, at the end of the chorus. That's a really strong point. And I know we're in slightly more, what's the word? Equal equal times, but that's the bit that really stands out to me anyway. I mean, what are we talking? Money, money, money was out in the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, our resident guru must know. <laughs> Should we just move to was, Money Too Tight Intervention? I'll move to my next one. <laughs> I was having such a nice time listening to... It's not on the list. Know, ...listening to some music <laughs> on YouTube. No, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. All right, we're moving swiftly on. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to get Paul Gambaccini on here. <laughs> well, I, I still think I'm we should sure do it. I'm sure will um, allow that. <laughs> 1976. Ooh, same year, um, James Hunt won the World Championship and Britain had to go for beg for an IMF bailout. Wow. Seems quite apt somehow, doesn't it? Yes. Ironic, yes. Even more so. Uh, I do know that Shania Twain's Kaching was recorded in the early early 2000s. Probably um, about uh, 1970. Uh, when you listen to the lyrics, she kind of, you know, she was warning people against all the excesses that led to the 2008 GFC. GFC, She's talking about that? going out and getting a second mortgage, you know. Levering up, yeah, going to the mall, buying stuff. You mean That's the global financial crisis? About. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is that, that Shania Twain, in what year did you say it was released? Oh, maybe O2 predicted the GFC. Yeah, that's right, Gary. That's what I'm that's exactly right. what I'm saying. So what you're saying is Michael Berry, 
who who predicted the crash of the you know the financial markets through the mortgage scheme was actually behind the curve as far as Shania Twain's concerned. Well, yeah. perhaps you know, along with listening to you know heavy metal and whatnot, they were, they were listening to Shania Twain. Now that now and, that would you know, put me mean a, a different take on the Big Short, wouldn't it? With Shania Shania <laughs> being played. Well, yeah, it would. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you couldn't make it up, could you? Well, no. So, so, so go on then, Keith. What's your What's your next song that you pick off the list? Uh, I'm going to go for John Rich shutting down Detroit. I feel uh, I feel like it's fairly topical since we were just talking about GFC, but uh, also given the, the the last four years of you know uh, Trump featured uh, the kind of theme of the manufacturing. Jobs uh, leaving America was a uh, you know, big feature of his presidency, wasn't it? So, yeah, I think it's quite topical. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, D- Detroit uh, to me is a, you know, whenever you see certainly people talk about the economic state of America, it's often brought back to, you know, the, the car industry, which was huge. When was I over in the US working? I was over there probably. 2000 and certainly between 2004 and 2006, maybe working in, in Ann Arbor. So not that far away from Detroit and chatting to some of the guys there. So you get, you're getting on for, you know, 15 plus years ago. And even then they were only just starting to welcome kind of Japanese cars because it was slightly more fuel efficient. So the whole approach on buying American, you know, I don't know. What, I mean, I've not been over there for a long time, frankly, and I don't, I don't know when I'll get back. But yeah, I think that the, the demise of Detroit is uh, is significant. And I know we're not, not we're not talking about movies today, but you'd look at is it is it Detroit's a feature in the maybe Robocop say, series of movies, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe you should turn around the other way and think: going, you, how many instead of saying films where Detroit is portrayed as the derelict um, industrial wasteland, think of a film. I can't think of any films where Detroit is portrayed as being an up-and-coming place in any film, certainly not since the 1970s. Yeah, I think that's, good. that's a good point, isn't it? You've got you know, places like Detroit, Philadelphia. You know, I was thinking about the Rocky movies where Stallone's living in Philly. Um, have, you, have you been to Philadelphia, either of you? No, no I've driven, no, I've driven no. past it on the other side of the river, but I've never been in it. I mean, that's... That's that's quite an experience. That is, we we were there getting on for probably probably over ten years ago. We we stayed near the centre of the city, and we went out to the the, the steps. And I'd said we've got we've got to go up those steps. And it's like, well, what are you on about? I said, no, 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 we've got to go up those steps. And she's looking at me like I'm nuts. And I'm going, no, 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 we've got to. I said, just watch this guy. And so there was a guy went past us. And just jogged up the steps. You know, you go up a few steps and there's a flat. And then you go up a few more steps and there's a flat. And you got the other steps. And then he looked left and he looked right. And then he turned around and he shoved his hands in the air and just went, yes. And when you look down from that position, when you're finally up there, you can see right into Philadelphia, the, the main part of the city. It's really quite amazing to do that. Because I said, right, stuff it. I'm going to do it. I'm just, I'm just going to go. And I ran up steps and turned around and went, yay! <laughs> one of the, yeah. one of the best experiences of my life, I have to say. 
thoroughly enjoyed it. And this Apart was from when for a drink. Oh, this was this was you know probably mid morning, but there was some, there were some very nice Belgian bars in Philadelphia which we which we managed to find. But yeah, there was some friends. We we went to a wedding in Philadelphia, and uh, friends of ours at the wedding had said, "Oh, you've been wandering around Philadelphia." I'm like, "Well, yeah, it's a great city to walk around." And they said, "Yeah, but it's like the murder capital of the US." We go in. Oh, they didn't they didn't put that on the leaflet that we read. Is it, that, is it really that bad? I thought DC was bad. Uh, almost all American cities in the sort of considered the Rust Belt areas are the old industrial places. It, it trades. Is it Chicago? Is it Detroit? It's not that long ago. It was New York was the headline. Because yeah, I think all it was we went we went out to what was the original essentially Parliament buildings before it was Washington, where the Bell is and all that sort of stuff. And it's all worth Liberty a visit. Bell. I mean, yeah, the Liberty Bell and. You know, the 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 one thing I loved was, you know, the original White House that was in Philadelphia was a white taped outline. You know, it's like, like somebody died because apparently they they bulldozed it and then gone, oh, that might have been a historic building. <laughs> There's a white outline of a building that used to be there, which George Washington sat in, but we <laughs> somebody flattened it, you know, and never mind. But I think the idea was that they were going to they were going to try and replace it based on the original foundations or something like that anyway. And we've not been there for a long time. so. But a thoroughly lovely city to go and visit. You know, we stayed at a, a Best Western, which was fairly, you know, the carpets looked like they hadn't been replaced since the 50s. Interesting place with a nice machine along the corridor and not much else. But a lovely place to go and visit. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So, yeah, so Detroit, we slightly sidelined on Detroit there, didn't we? So, so Philip, have you got a second song off of our... List yes. of money, well, money and finance songs. Well, another one that immediately pops out um, is uh, it's a it's an older one by Shirley Bassey, Big Spender. Quite apparent when you think about what uh, certain politicians are trying to do at the minute: spend, spend, spend. Now, all I remember What's is it's, it's an old one from '67, and Shirley Bassey was a um, one of the many variants you can have, but it's her distinctive voice that I remember. I was going to say, but if it's money, 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 and you're saying it's all about the spending that's going on at the moment, I thought it was print, print, print at the moment. I, I was just, I just want to go back to um, that John Rich. You know that the song you picked, Keith, about shut, shutting down Detroit. I know we, we yeah. had a little one about visiting we did. America, but I was just looking at that. The video, if you watch the video, it's really quite impactful in the fact that I, I kind of hadn't quite grasped when I listened to a bit of that earlier about the setting of it, which is around the financial crisis that you you, you said earlier on about the global financial crisis and the, and the shutting down of the car companies that basically went bust in that period and the government bailed them out in America. But the video has got Chris Christopherson in it, who, you know, I, I grew up watching him on, on, on the in sort of film and television. It's really quite impacting, actually. Watching that again. So actually, what uh, what started out as a you know kind of a very light-hearted look, you know, it, it kind of didn't seem right to uh, to overlook some of the more uh, uh, the songs with more serious themes. Let's say. Well, yeah. I mean, I think uh, the, the. I mean, I, I'm trying to think the the other guy's name that's in the video with Chris Christopherson. He uh, this this isn't very helpful, but he's in. Iron Man. He plays the other, the Russian guy in Iron Man. Mickey Rourke. 
Mickey Rourke, thank you. So, yeah, so Mickey Rourke's in the video as well. He, he's looking remarkably young compared to Chris Christopherson, but I guess we are talking a good, a good 10 plus years ago now. So, do you, so Keith, did you, I think Phil was talking about Shirley Bassey, did you have a third, a third pick? Oof. Come on, go to the tax, man. Oh, no, I've got to go. I, I, see, you've got me now, you've got me. Craig Morgan, almost home. Yeah, this is a new one on me. I, I have to say you're in danger of turning into Tommy yeah. Wynette here. But. So uh, at risk of, well, a complete spoiler, the song is uh, a, about a chap who's uh, about to freeze to death on the streets when a, uh, a concerned passerby basically uh, disturbs him. So he was, uh, he was almost home when he was disturbed by a concerned passerby. Uh, you remember in Gladiator, Philip, when, uh, when Russell Crowe's character, uh, towards the end of the film, he was, uh, he was in the cornfields, you know, running his hand through the corn when he was, uh, he was dying and he was imagining yep. himself home. A bit like that. Nice, nice cheery one. Well, I didn't want to say that. I, what I should have chose instead was Roy Acuff, uh, the old age pension check. I hope I've said his name right. Maybe I should have chosen that instead. So, yeah, thanks for that, Keith. That's a really cheery one there. I hadn't come across Craig Morgan, though. Is he in your top ten country? No, oh, he is now. Uh, no. Uh, I'll tell you who's, uh, who's in the top ten. Uh, Miranda Lambert. Tequila does. That's the... Uh, Miranda Lambert's in the top ten country artists. There you go. That's the song to celebrate the breaking out of lockdown. Did you check out the the old age pension check song? That's a that, that's a cheery song celebrating the uh, uh, the arrival of the the old age pension check. Um, I don't. I, I know that one. Uh, Gary, do you like uh, Pink Floyd's Money? Uh, yeah, it's all right. Pink Floyd's not really my taste. I would say a bit of prog rock that goes on and on. Are you more the OJ's money, money, money? Money, or or are you a bit of a fiddler on the reef? I'm a bit more, you know, the classics. Some of the stuff out of trading places, very, very, very. Oh, good. I see. Can't think of anything music-wise out of that. Just in case, be very kindly, kindly linked all this line. You see, so you can just you can have it playing in the background. It's uh, really quite, quite, uh, quite soothing. I I imagine Gary now is uh, has that uh, playing with his breakfast in bed. I think just moving swiftly on, what was I asking? I was asking whether Keith had a third pick and he said he was Craig Morgan. So, Philip, did you did you have anything cheerier? No, not really. Well, the only one that I really can think of is a good one. It's, it's not really uplifting, it's Taxman. And it's the mm-hmm. irony of um, the Beatles and particularly jo- uh, Paul McCartney talking about being taxed and he didn't like it. I mean, generally, it's probably not that uh, way of thinking now. What was it? How's one of the lyrics go in it? Was it one for you, 14 for me? Ha ha, I'm the tax man. Declare those pennies on your eyes. Ha ha, I'm the tax man. I'll have it whether you've, uh, you're alive or dead. Ha ha, I'm the tax man. Just, I, it was ironic. And I, I don't remember the original Beatles one, but I remember a cover that was made by a group called Root Juice um, that is no longer existence. But they did quite a good cover yeah, yeah. of it. 
Sorry, I was just going to say, you know, what's just struck me when you've uh, recited it there is that, you know, it's an upbeat song, but actually... <laughs> it's about a very depressing subject going, you may earn this money, but taxman's going to take it all away when you had the super tax and super, super yeah. tax. And the irony of even though we had a 90% tax rate for the super rich, the rich just moved, so they didn't actually collect any money apart from some stupid footballers who didn't employ good accountants. No, because, I mean, the, the the Beatles song must be what? It was 60, so it wasn't even when we got to the stupid period of the 70s. This was in the 60s. Uh, Taxman was, I think, they off moved- the Revolver album, so if you knew when that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 1966. We're moving countries for tax reasons. And it just reminds me of right. a famous bit out of um, the TV series of, of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where was it Disaster Zone, the, the head, the, sorry, the head singer of the intergalactic band called Disaster Zone was dead for tax purposes. And it just brings those sort of memories up of what, uh, people, what people used to do just so not to pay tax legally. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting for me because I think you you consider the fact that, you know, this this last sort of 12 months we've lost people like Sean Connery and, and various British tax stars. exiles. But, but exactly that. They were in a period where... You know, Sean Connery is very pro Scotland, and so sh- so should he be as a Scotsman. But he he hadn't lived in Scotland for you know decades because pretty much for tax, I think. Yeah, and he understand. didn't like the idea of having to pay tax. Well, I think if you if you watch any of the of the, of the tributes that went on, what just just around when he passed away, well, whoever was interviewing him, Parkinson or whoever, he was a very prudent man. So you you turn around and go well yeah why shouldn't he be but but he never lost that from what you can from what people said about him he never lost his sense of value he's never lost his sense of you know what was fair and therefore he ended, he ended up being a tax exile so you know even back then mid sixties the Beatles were turning around and going well we've written a song about something we don't think is right very fair and that. That happened all the way, what, through the 60s, 70s, and, and still exists today, I guess. Yeah, very few people sing songs about how happy they are to pay tax. So, Keith, as we, as we head into the, uh, the back end of the top five here, have you got a fourth song off this list that you would uh, highlight? Oh, I'm so sorry to do this to you, but uh, I've mentioned John Rich's shutting down, uh, Detroit down, and I... I can't overlook Ronnie Dunn's cost of living along similar lines uh, and an equally great song, I would say. So so this is Ronnie Dunn, cost of living, uh, ahead of Roy Ackerf and the old age pension check. So do you want to give us a bit of background to the, to the cost of living? Is it another country and Western type genre or is it something else? How did you guess? It's a hunch. Feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in many ways, it's even better than the other one. This is about, it's about uh, the loss of 1,900 jobs in West Tennessee. Cracky, you, you know how to pick them, Keith, don't you? Don't ever call me depressive. $4 and change at the pump. The cost of living's high and going up. I thought you'd love it. Didn't say it was ironic, but I said, don't call me Mr. Gloomy. <laughs> uh, the chorus... I got a strong back, steel toes. I rarely call in sick. A good truck. What I don't know, I can I, I catch on real quick. I work weekends if I have to, nights and holidays. 
give you 40 and then some, whatever it takes, $4 and change at the pump, the cost of living's high and going up. Now, people forget inflation was most of the time until recently. I work sun up to sundown, ain't too proud to sweep the floors. The bankers started calling and the wolves are at my the wolves are at my door. Four dollars and change at the pump. The cost of living's high and going up. I just don't I, I don't know where I was when I was uh, putting all this together. Well it started off, you know, all cheery cheery, you know. When money makes the world go around, the world go around, the world go around, you know. And uh bit of Gwen Stefani. Rich girl, ba 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 Well, that sounds a little bit like a fiddle on the roof, to be honest. And uh, I ended up uh, with all these uh, depression songs, or at least recession. There's a, there's a debate for another day. Is this a depression song or a recession song? Is that it? Doesn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how long it's at the top of the charts, Philip. I'm just enjoying Ronnie Dunn. Into a cracker, Gary. Right, it's, do you know what? It's brilliant. And I think when you look at that, you know, it's a song based on obviously stuff that happened in 2011. And you think that's a consequence of, you could large, largely say the 0809 crisis. That's quite humbling because you turn around and say, you know, for me, in the 0809 crisis, I watched it. I didn't engage in it. I watched it. It passed me by. I did not, as a person or a family, be overly bothered by it, thankfully. But you look around at some of these guys that worked at plants and factories and other companies, and you know you look now and think, what will be the songs of 10 years on? What will be the songs of 2020, 2021 in this period? We haven't seen them yet because they have not, got not quite. Yeah. No, exactly. But I think there will be that pandemic effect on people in a similar way to the global financial crisis. And you look at this and say it's 2011, you go, oh, crikey, you know, the global financial crisis was four years, you know, three, four years before that. But as we've seen, there's this bow wave of of stuff that goes through the economy. And I think the lady on there said, it, you know, it was a tyre company in this example. Mm. And you go, well, they still make tyres in America? That's a, you know. Not many. Well, even less now. Yeah. But you're looking at, a, a, you know, a group of workers who were, uh, that was what they did. You know, they worked hard. And, you know, ultimately, what are we bothered about when we go to the garage to get our tyres changed? We want to pay no more than we paid last time. You know, 20,000 miles on a, a set of front tyres and swap them out and off you go. So it's quite humbling to watch that, actually. But I think it's like a lot of country and Western. When you listen, you actually take the time to listen to the songs. There's so much in it. You can, you can almost... And I think you said you were in danger of, of doing this when you put the list together, Keith, is that you you immerse yourself in the music and you can't get yourself out afterwards. That's the danger with some of these type of songs, I think, is there's so much to it that the lyrics are, there's more beyond the lyrics, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which brings me on to Bobby Gentry's Fancy. Well, the, the floor is yours because Bobby Gentry's Fancy, when I listened to it, was something I hadn't, to be honest, one, I hadn't heard of Bobby Gentry. I, I put it in as B-O-B-B-Y when I spelt it. And <laughs> like, no, you're not finding that. It's like, okay. But it's obviously Bobby with an, with an I-E. And it's not the Bobby as in the Bobby Bobby Davro, and it's not Bobby as in Bobby Ball. It's a lady. I'll leave yeah. this one to you. Well, maybe you've heard probably 
Bobby Gentry's more famous track is Ode to Billy Joe. I think if you heard a little bit of that, you might recognise it. A little similar in style, musically. And just like Ode to Billy Joe, you know, there's a real, uh, a really colourful, in-depth story embedded in the song. Yeah, this this reminds see, when I was growing up, we we listened to a lot of country and western stuff, you know, whether it was Tammy Wynette or other artists, frankly, not not your Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. So this, this takes me right back. I'm, I've just turned into like a seven-year-old while we've been talking. I'm like, this is slightly freaky for me. I've heard this song before by other people. Not her, I don't think, unless it's something that I've just not, it was her and I didn't realise it at the time. Um, but my parents were heavily into country and western when I was in my informative years anyway. So I'm going to say this and try and not feel too guilty about you know, making light of the subject matter, but when Bobby Gentry sings, you know, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down, that's really how I feel when I when I place a trade. Yeah, I think, I think there's, there's, there's an element of truth in that. You know, the margin calls come in, fancy, don't let me down. <laughs> oh, no, obviously, again, I'm... I'm making like you know because uh you shouldn't be putting too much hope on there uh, on one trade but you know when you've got outsized trades it's all about here's your one chance fancy don't let me down well this isn't this where a hope is not a risk management process key and and i'm sure bobby gentry might help you with it but i'm not sure she's the guarantee is she well <laughs> now now i've got that in the back of my mind you know Pushing the button, placing the trade, it's always going to put a smile on my face. Absolutely. In fact, I, you know, you can have uh, sounds assigned to different buttons. I'd love to have that. <laughs> Not quite what I was going for, Gary, but I'm with you. <laughs> oh, you could play that when you're nearing a stop. <laughs> can't stop it once it's going that's the problem <laughs> just, just like when the trade's going against you so we'll, so we'll go with the what's your fourth pick the lizards it's money so what's the significance of that because it just talks about that's money that's all I want in that very deadpan voice of theirs but didn't you link it to an advert Philip? Oh. so what you're saying is you like the song off the Selfridges advert which is money that's what I want but you prefer the Barrett Strong version versus the Flying Lizards version. I don't even know there was a think the Flying version. Lizards version is a bit too deadpan. Aviva, safe, smart challenge, the Flying Lizards. Do we know that one? No. Because you said Miss Selfridges, didn't you? Anyway, Avi- Aviva have used it on the Save Smarter Challenge. So hashtag Save Smarter Challenge. Thank you, Philip, for educating us about the insurance company challenge because I think that song is obviously quite topical. Okay. I'm not sure. No, but I'm not, <laughs> not picking, sure I'm not song. picking up the Miss Selfridges advert, which is which is what Keith said. What what on earth is that? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have Facebook, but there was some it's looked like there was something on Facebook about the flying lizards and selfridges. Right. And I, I thought that I was the advert. Oh yeah. Oh this is old school though, Keith. Yeah, you're right. This, what you're saying, I'm not 27. From the 80s, <laughs> The other advert I played you from Aviva is um, James Corden's doing the voiceover. This is like 1980s adverts for Selfridges, which obviously Philip will know about because he's only 27. 
Exactly. <laughs> was it followed by an advert for a Mark II Golf or? A I think I think that was the general Mark gist. Mark One yeah. Golf. <laughs> Mark One Golf. Yeah. But yeah, so that's been used a couple of times. So I think that's a good one. Here's the root juice one. I got the uh, percentage wrong. It was nine, 19 for me, one for you. It wasn't uh, one for you, 12 for me. It was 19 for you, one for me. Because right. you're the tax man. Okay. That's a bit different to the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I know. <coughs> I'm not it's, sure I They've been so one. happy about being taxed. It's the only time I've ever, ever heard anyone talk about tax and be happy. Unlike the Beatles, oh, right, which is the opposite. So then Mr. Fix-It and Virtually Fat-Free is quite a funny song to listen to. So, Keith, have you got have you got any more that you want to add into the... We had Bobby Gentry last time, so I think you've got one more pick. What am I going... What, what, would, I, what would I really choose? Because it, it, I think the thing is, you know, what's your criteria? If you see what I mean, <laughs> why would you choose it? Well, you, your criteria is a good song that might be related to money or finance. It's not about the, the subject matter. It's about how do you respond to that music, Keith? How does it make you feel? In that case, Willie Nelson's version of If You've Got the Money, I've Got the Time just puts a beaming smile on my face every time I hear it. You couldn't just leave Country and Western out of it, could you, for your final pick? You've just, <laughs> you've just I think we're going to change the name of this podcast. We'll call it Ken and Dolly, and we'll just get Dolly Parton in. <laughs> And you two can have a little bit of a chat about country music, pick your favourites, and off you go. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, well, there's just no other that cuts the mustard. To be honest, I, when I was putting this list together, uh, Alice Cooper's Make That Money, it was the first time that I think I'd heard it, and I liked the track, but not enough to uh, t- to pick it right now, you know. So, Keith, I have, I have a slight issue with you picking Willie Nelson. Okay. And I'll tell you for why. Because my um, my father, God rest his soul, was a Willie Nelson fan. So so there's one for a start. If I have to listen to Boxcar box car Willie one more time, I might just I might just explode. And then you're popping up going, "Oh, Willie Nelson." I'm like, "No, no, no, no. I'm past that. I've I've done with Willie. You know, <laughs> Willie Willie and I are done, right?" <laughs> well, I mean, I can go elsewhere, but uh, please bear in mind that you know Willie's just. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I don't want to so, really admit that. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy not to admit it. My point <clears throat> being that the other issue I have with you is what's honky-tonking? We'll go honky-tonking and we'll have a time. Well, I think in these current times, know. is that something that's pandemic secure? I don't know. I, uh, I'm just having a look now, and there's a song called Honky-tonking by Hank Williams. I think the equivalent of going on the lash well, that brings me on to my uh, my uh, lockdown breakout song, which well, has got nothing to do with money. Well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> we, can, maybe we can save that, Keith. It's, we'll give, it's we'll a, give, it's we'll a give, country song. And I'm glad to see you're not breaking from no, the genre. Gary, I, I think you should pick one, Gary, as the passing the last one. I'm happy to do that. I think that's quite easy for me, because out of the list that Keith was very kind enough to put together, it's fourth on the list. Hello, Black, I Need a Dollar is, of all the songs that, that Keith kindly put together for us, there's a couple of things that strike me about that. One, it's just a good song, regardless of the money aspects. But when you talk about people being able to live, there's a lot of chat about, you know, a dollar a day. A dollar a day keeps people out of poverty. And, you know, we talk about the dollar as a global currency. 
you know, for a lot of us, a dollar a day doesn't mean very much. But for some people, that's huge. So without going too deep into the meaning of the song, but I just think that's a fantastic song just to enjoy and also one about money generally. So that's, that's my favourite. Just to say it's another one of those that's, uh, you know, an upbeat song about uh, not having a job. Yeah, to me it's one of those where music generally tends to tends to strike you where you're at and clearly Keith's somewhere in the Tennessee or Nashville but I, th- I think you get a sense from music that it takes you to a place when you listen to it money wise that song to me is quite humbling in the fact that we happen to be right now is we're very fortunate and we're not on the breadline we're not worried about the dollar we're doing okay despite mm-hmm. all of the other stuff that's going on and that's quite true yes Gary, if I'd have had that pep talk before I put the list together, it could have been a whole different <laughs> list of songs. No, no, no. It's uh, <laughs> you're right. You should uh, to to reflect on what you what you do have and how lucky I we think, are. I think you know, without without sort of getting too too serious about it, you know. And what's the what's the message? The message is that no matter what you've got, be grateful for it. And actually, with all these songs. They mean different things to different people. I really like, I mean, you put Cabaret on the list, Cabaret Money, uh, Liza Minnelli's version of that. Absolutely fantastic. And it's not about the song, actually. It's about the performance. You've got to watch it. Listening to the audio doesn't really do it. But if you watch her and her um, partner in crime, it just makes the experience. So I would pick that. But actually, the problem is you have to have a visual with that particular song because I think the song in itself is fine, but the experience of being in the show or watching that particular aspect of it is is massive. And I think that's when the music side of it becomes very difficult because you go, well, actually, is it about the performance or is it about the lyrics? And I think that's where it's interesting that you've gone down the road of quite a lot of country stuff because in country, when you actually listen to it, there's so much in it. Basically, it's like having a bubble bath. You know, you, and I'm not. I'm not talking about Margot Robbie here in uh, in the Big Short, but anybody's not watched that. Okay, so let's so let's say financially, Margot is significant. Can they get mm-hmm. away with that? Is that is that okay yeah. with you, Keith? Would would we would we go down the road that Margot Robbie has a significant impact financially? A lot of value at risk, I would say. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. She plays a significant role, I think. So that's good. I've added an extra song in, haven't I? We've got a good top five from either of you, which you could mix and match as a top ten. So I think it's probably worth me saying that we're going to put these out as a Spotify playlist under the investment cuddle. So if you want to have a look at that, then by all means do. I think if you're a country and Western fan, you're going to love it. And we'll also put some others in there that we also like. So... Thank you to Philip and Keith for joining us today and we'll see you next time. This programme has been presented for information and educational purposes only. 
None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the programme's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities, nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.